What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up everybody, welcome back. So we've got another really good conversation here today. Ryan and I have been trading together, how long Ryan? Over a year now, close to a year? Uh, probably a year and a half. I started off yeah. with you a year and a half ago in, no- in November, or like, yeah, November, year and a half right, ago. Right, that's what I thought. A little bit over a year then. So Ryan and I have been growing together for the last year and a half, and I figured that he'd be a really good person for all of us to talk to and all of us to learn from about how he's adjusted his trading into the difference in our time zones. So for everybody that doesn't know Ryan, he's out in Las Vegas. I'm over on the East Coast of the United States. So we're about four hours different, right, Ryan? Three. Three. So with that difference... It takes, I think, an adjustment to fit into our system or to fit into any system. So I figured we could kind of focus our conversation around that and let everybody around the world pull value from that. But before we go there, Ryan, if you want to kind of give everybody, like I like to say, the 50,000 foot view of who you are and how you got into trading, let's start there. Sure. So um, my name is Ryan in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm 25. I first got got into trading about uh, maybe four or five years ago. Uh, you know, everyone starts off, you know, with penny stocks. Uh, so I originally started trading with that, but you don't see the return on investment and it takes far too long. So when I tried to get back into it, a friend had told me to look at the Forex. I've been following Austin for a minute, even since I had been, I mean, like he had like 5,000 followers if that. <laughs> so, um, when I got into Forex, you know, he was, you know, the guy that I went to and, uh, bounced around a little bit. So I, I, I know what's out there. I've tried different strategies, different teachers, courses, you name it. And uh, came back around and, I mean, st- stuck here with Austin, but it's been a great journey. And you even came out to, we met in person in November, which I feel like is a rare thing for people that are that meet on the internet to then re- meet in person. We met at the uh, the Philly seminar, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that um, was great. And I feel like you're, you, that's another good area that we can talk about too, like you just said, how you bounced around strategies. Um, when you got into trading with penny stocks, what attracted you to trading most? And how did you end up in Forex? So I like money, not in a greedy way, but I like how money sure. works. You know how people study accounting because they want to see how the money works. Yeah. So I like that aspect about it. So, um, you know, with, you know, trading and all that, you know, you see these ads, um, you know, people that, you know, they, they trade stocks and that's what I wanted to to do. And I figured, you know, make, make more money on the side, plus eventually, you know, just make dumb money, you know, right. Uh, that's kind of what, what attracted me to, but both aspects, the the actual money-making aspect, entrepreneurial, uh, but as well as the financial part of it, seeing how everything works and moves. Have you been entrepreneurial before this? No. No, no, I I started that when I was working at the Ford dealership. I was like maybe six months in. So yeah, no, never, never before. Cars are a big passion for you, right? Cars cars and guitar, I know, are two big passions. What else is, is, do you like to do in your free time when you're not trading? Well, you know, I've started to do the film, the like filmography, photography. Yep. I've always had, I've always be, been behind a camera, even when I was, you know, like ten years old. Those, you know, fat Nikon's <laughs> uh, or Canons, whatever. So, uh, I've I've always liked to be behind the camera. So it's nice that now I have you know, a little bit more money to spend. I I've invested in some good photography, videography equipment, uh, equipment. So it's nice to do that, and then as well as watching movies and not only analyzing the story, the script, and all that, but how the movies are actually made. You know logistically it's dope so that's, that's awesome yeah and I, that's something that i envy from you is your ability to shut off everything from trading like when you're done trading and you're in the chat and you're like i'm done you're gone for the day so i, oh, I respect yeah. that you put it down well 
yeah, no, for sure, man, absolutely. So when you um, say you're motivated by money, because I feel like I can relate to that, and I'm sure people listening can relate to that as well. People often take that as a thing of us being greedy. They'll hear it and they'll say like, you know, you shouldn't be motivated by money. Your why needs to be deeper than that. And we kind of have talked about this before. Why it's not that money is the actual thing. It's what money can provide for us. And like we just said, those passions that you have that you like to go out and do, the guitar, the cars, the photos, all that stuff the trading has kind of allowed you to live into that. So Forex, I think, has a big value piece to it versus stocks, which you probably saw early on, which is that the hours are way more flexible compared to stocks. Being on the West Coast, trading stocks would suck. You'd have to wake up really, really early, right, just to catch the open. So it could get taxing. So how have you found um, to build a schedule around your Forex trading hours, and what hours are you trading specifically? Can you give everybody a picture of that? Yeah, so I mean, when I first trading stocks, you know, the stock market opens at what is it, 8:30, or I think now it's 9:30. When I, when I started, it was 8:30 or in the summer. I don't know how that works, yeah. but um, over here, that's 5:30 in the morning. So imagine me having to wake up at, you know, be at work at eight o'clock and nine o'clock, and like, like, damn, I gotta wake up at five to trade. Like that sucks. And now I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning. I I wake up at 1:55 in the morning every morning, and it, it has been tough when I first started with that schedule when i see it you know of course you know trading with you in the in the virtual trading floor uh i mean half the time i just like lay in better when you know it was you know as a new uh new trader you're always attracted by signals so half the time i just lay in bed watch a movie and see if my phone goes off <laughs> austin silver effects <laughs> um but as i became more independent you know and a, a um what what's the term that that you use it's a like self, self-sufficient. Self yeah. And as as I became a self-sufficient trader, you know, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I took the new course, the new ASFX course, very seriously. Um, I started waking up at well, at that time it was three o'clock in the morning because I actually worked nights from one to nine in the afternoon. So and I worked I worked uh, far away, so I it'd take me forty minutes to get home. By the time I actually go to sleep, it's eleven o'clock, so I'm getting four hours of sleep. Yeah, it to sucks. trade. Yeah, it it, it sucked. Um, but I mean, hey, look where I am now. So you tell me if it was it worked. Right. So it, it's a give and take. Like when I started, I remember I was trying to figure out hours and I was trading all different hours. And like you said, kind of sleeping during the day sometimes, then waking up and trying to stay up all night and follow through. And now you said you're waking up a little bit after midnight. Do you wake up with an alarm clock or do you wake up just because you're excited to trade and you're ready to roll? And then do you still take naps throughout the day? Like how are you staying healthy waking up that early? Because most people won't are not able to do that, I don't think, yeah. you know? Well, last night I couldn't sleep, nor could I on Sunday night. <laughs> that happens so, sometimes. That happens sometimes. Yeah. So the, there are some times that I do wake up before my, my alarm clock. And, you know, as uh, as you start to want to do what you do, right, you, you learn to want it. It, it happens mm -hmm. naturally, you know. So sometimes I am waking up at one one forty five, one fifty, just before my alarm clock. Even sometimes in the weekends, I'm, I'm up by 5 o'clock because yeah. at the same time, to kind of segue into the other part of the question, that's how I keep my my schedule line. I have a strict schedule, so I, I'm in bed by eight. And over here again, it's kind of inconvenient because eight o'clock is, I mean, you're starting to go out at eight o'clock. Well, maybe not now, but so I, I mean, I'm still getting text messages, notifications on, on social media, even even like Telegram at eight o'clock, sure. and I was like, yo, I'm trying to sleep because I got to be up in six hours. Right. So that was a strong. Uh, that, that was a tough adjustment that that I had to make is getting used to sleeping early so I can still get my six or seven hours. Sometimes I do take naps in the in the day depending on how I feel, but I prefer not to. 
that way I can make sure that I go to sleep early rather than I'm waking up throughout the night because I've, I've, you know, I've slept in the day. That makes a lot of sense. So a lot of, a lot of guys in your position that I've been talking to have this issue where they come into the chat later in the morning or whatever it is, they're seeing it late at night, whatever, and they feel FOMO that they're missing out. How are you adjusting with that? As we have talked about making changes on the, you know, within our business on our end and the back end, how you, how are you specifically day to day adjusting to that and fighting that? Fighting the FOMO? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't feel like I have to fight the FOMO anymore because I have, I feel like I don't have anything to miss out on. The market's always going to be there. If, if I miss out on a move, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. I mean, you know, how early, how, how much earlier can I get? Even like that, it, with our strategy, you know, it gives, it gives enough time after the Asia session for the markets to move around. And I can see what's going to be valid or not, what I want to look for and uh, what pairs I'm going to be looking at or not. So I'm not too sure I have a problem with the FOMO. Yeah, especially not anymore considering that no, I, okay. I don't work. Answer. I think I would agree with you just watching you trade every day. I don't see you ever chasing moves. You're very confident when you find a pair that you like. Even if I tell you something like, hey, just make sure you see this divergence on top. You know, I know what you're doing. I see what you're seeing, but just make sure you see this too. I know that you still stay confident sometimes even when I'll throw that, you know, in into the mix. And sometimes I'm hesitant to throw that, you know, that I'll call it criticism or that feedback is a better word. I'm hesitant yeah. to give that to some people because I don't want to sway them. Like today on GBPNZD is a great example when it was looking like it could come lower, right? And I was saying to everybody, yeah, we can see that, but I didn't get in. So you and I and you, me and Alex really were going back and forth in the chat and everybody was kind of listening, just watching the chat and learning, seeing how you adjusted your risk, seeing how Alex adjusted his risk, seeing how I didn't even take the trade and everybody kind of finds value in that. So what do you think if you look back on yourself over the last year and a half has given you that confidence to you know come in do your analysis see something you like and stick to it no matter what is like i know the answer of course for everybody is like oh i do chart markups i practice but is it anything more than that well it's it's hard to get at so over the last year and a half i would say i've only been I, i've only had that lack of fear of phone for maybe the last nine months right it's because, well, first of all, I kind of you get a, you get accustomed to it. Sure. Uh, the second half of the of the answer is that now that I I'm not working, I don't have to worry about getting a trade in before six. I was like, you know, this could be the trade. I'm going to set it, put the yeah. stop, and and wake up and see what happens. So I don't yeah. have to do that anymore because I'm not worried about trying to get that trade before I either have to go back to sleep or before I have to go to work. Yeah, that makes sense. When you, so I guess like that's kind of the patience comes from knowing that you have time. So not yes. feeling rushed allows you to kind of wait for the better setup almost is that that's that mentality. Right. And then that prevents FOMO. And then even like on days like today where I feel like I could have felt FOMO because so many people in the chat were like, GN's coming lower. It's coming lower. This is the time. But I said to everybody, I'm like, the bias is still there. We all see that, but the timing was the issue because it did end up coming lower as the day went on. It was the time. Oh, that was the I mean, you it's know? still pretty, it, 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 it barely moved. Maybe, I mean, I don't, you know, maybe 20 pips. Yeah. Let me see. The it, was, it, it was, you know, G cat that moved. And, you know, that was my first idea that I was like, like, this is a good setup. But I don't like how the 21 broke the, or the, you know, price broke the 200. And that sure. is funny. That idea ended up working. I thought that would feed GN. So that was half of it. You know, you kind of get into that idea of correlation. But yeah, right. most, most definitely it's it's the, the, the patience knowing that I don't have I don't have a time limit on my trade. 
I can go yeah. as far as I need to. And sometimes, you know, I'm still on the at, at the desk at nine o'clock in the uh, nine o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's five o'clock. I've been in and out of a trade and I'm done. Right. And when you find, let's talk about that just for a second, because I think it's important. When you find those days where you are done early, do you like to kind of reward yourself and get off the charts after you kind of hit a good trade and I'm done? Or do you hang around and do you see the rest of your session through? Depends the trade. So okay. I think it was Friday that I hit G, uh, no, Euro G, uh, Euro JPY for, okay. for 4R. I think that was, I think that was Friday. 5.15, yeah. I was done. Like I, I, sh I was like, hey, see y'all later. I started playing video games. Right, because so, yeah, it's Friday. You're like, I'm done. It's done. Easy. Exactly. Most definitely. If it's a small win where I get one R and I get stopped, the other half a break even, I'll yeah, probably stay around. play around. Yeah, I understand. That makes sense. Because you kind of have that same thing where I do, where it's like, if I hit 3%, that's where I'll kind of back off. But after, if I only make 1%, I might still play around if I see something else that day. Not play around, but put some money in. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I'll, I'll hit a one and done kind of trade. Yeah. On the trade of the day, but yeah. if 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 it moves and I you know I just caught I I caught one move but I didn't catch the move yeah I'm gonna stick around and you you tend to know what that move is that Problem makes sense and, before, uh, when it happens of course right like today it's always the coulda woulda shouldas right like that's where I feel like we learn the most like for me I stayed out of the GN trade but I focused on that CAD CHF trade but even there it went higher and I didn't take a you know a, I took a piece of the move and I ended up profitable but I could have I could have pulled 3% almost or 4% with the same amount of risk had I just left the stop alone. So what I've been adjusting to is really for the FOMO on my side, implementing the same thing you're saying of like, there's more to come, there's more to come when I get stopped in profit. Because I found that that's a big issue for a lot of people is that they will follow our rules. They'll implement solid exit strategies. They'll move their stop into profit, but then they'll run into four or five trades in a row where it does come down, stop them in profit or come up, stop them in profit and then continue in the direction. And they're like, man, why did I listen to the rules? I could have left it alone. I would have been fine. Yeah. Do you feel like you've kind of gone through that circle of like feeling that way and then seeing, oh wait, I need to because of the times where it doesn't stop there and it keeps going lower and takes me negative. So you've kind of seen that and then it gives you the experience to be like, yo, this is just, I'm done with this FOMO stuff, right? Absolutely. So what, what I've done to counteract that is I, I'm not dead set on moving my stop to profit or to break even, but I'm actually looking at the levels. So if I see that price is cut, like if I'm shorting something, right? Price comes mm -hmm. down and retests and my entry is right below that next high. I'm not mm -hmm. going to bring it right, right underneath, like into profit until I'm way in profit. Because you Although know it could finish that level. You know exactly. it could play off that level before it moves. Right. That makes exactly. sense. Otherwise, that it's coming right into that level where my risk maybe is only four pips instead of 20. My only, my, what I always say back to everybody and like today it, it did actually work out like that. And we'll talk about it on the recap later. But like for me, when I get stopped in profit there, if it ends up coming back up, normally there's another entry signal. So you can then get back in necessarily and then not have to leave it in and let it play around. So there's two sides to take to it. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think you just have to be consistent. And what's been working for me over the last year since like July, basically all I've been, that's when we really started to implement this. That's where. I haven't been losing as much at all. Like very rarely am I actually losing a trade. I'm maybe not making as much, but it's not, I'm not taking any L's. And for me, I feel better um, when I'm winning more than I'm losing. Do you find that as well? Like when you're winning more consistently than you're losing mentally, you're in a better spot or do you not really care? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I mean, that's that's like, you know, you're tooting your own your own horn there. And it, it right. feels good to know that you're you're performing well. But sure. you know, in, in the video that you have about the, um, 
like the eight different uh i, I can't remember the name, but where the you talk about, yeah yeah that one yeah. uh where you yeah. talk about sometimes you can be overconfident or when you're on a winning streak it's mm -hmm. easy to, uh, it's easy to fool yourself right there of course of course because you'll win six trades in a row and you'll think like and dude like i had a really deep like conversation about this with some people because i was thinking if you look at the stock market and think like how everybody says every time it comes down it always comes back up in the big picture right it's always done that every time but does that mean that the next time that it's going to do that does that mean that not necessarily it would be succumbing to that bias to think that it has to so in the same sense with our trades when we roll on a streak i have to almost build i that's what I did. I built something into my trading of moving the stop into profit to make sure that I can, no matter what happens, still kind of stay on that high. You know what I'm saying? Because if I move into profit to a certain extent, no matter what, for me right now, it's just stop goes into profit, take some of it. You know what I mean? And that's where I've been kind of like slowly stepping that up. But when you said earlier about strategy bouncing, how did you find that the systems we use worked better for you than what you were doing previous? How did it click? What was What was the moment where it made sense? the moment where it made sense well it, it took me a while because okay. what had started happening is that i started to see what i wanted to see and that's the thing with our system the picture's already painted it's just right. you have to know what it's trying to say sure. so that's that, that part is, is easy it's you can't fight numbers you can't fight equations but right. when you're looking for head and shoulders double tops double bottoms wherever they present again you see what you want to see especially when sure. you're when you have to wait so long for an entry oh my like you see it setting up and you're like why can't i just Hit the button. So right. not only are you succumb to that, the you know the human error, but then having to wait so long for the entry, wait for the double bottom to finish. No, it, it's it's really easy to just be be overly aggressive with your entries, and you're probably you know not right. Why do you think that is? Is it lack of precision? Uh, I would say so. The lack of precision. Uh, would come into play if you're looking for something so if i'm trying to look for a head and shoulders in front if i'm trying to look for a double or triple top i'm going to do whatever i can to find one if, if i got to make it up i'm you know subconsciously you're going to make one up sure and and, and a lot of new traders are going to happen or that's going to happen to them especially when they when they actually find a couple and they hit a few and you're like oh this is it this could be it but what right. if it's not because you're 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 subject to that human error of course and then that even can apply when you come in and learn a system that has some more precise details to it like ours for example we see a lot of new guys come in with the tdi they're not waiting for everything to be in proper value they're getting excited on candle formations and price but not waiting for that indicator to confirm the actual edge so i feel like no matter what you're trying to trade there's always going to be that piece of us that can be aggressive and we have to kind of counteract that so what are you doing i don't really see you as a like an overly aggressive guy but what are you doing to kind of keep that it doesn't need to need to be aggressive it could be like the gambler in you that i call it the itch right what are you yeah. doing to kind of keep that in check now that you found a strategy with us that works well for your personality i'm very process oriented so if okay. it doesn't and i mean for me it just comes naturally like if, if it if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen and I can get that sometimes, you know, it, it's debatable. Is it off the eight? Is it off the 21? Is it is the RSI through or not? And sometimes it, it can be debatable. But when it's not, it's like, why even look at it? You just get off and move on to the next one. Look for right. something else. Especially now with, with all the different playbooks, like the different 
um, interesting ones that we have in our playbook. It's yeah. so easy to just forget one and move on to the other. I don't right. know why they don't even what I've learned is like the, the value in just getting up and walking away in that situation where it's like, you're, you know what I mean? And giving it like a 30 minute break to then come back and reanalyze. It's like a whole new market sometimes when you come back, you know what I mean? And you can then just like you said, there's so many signals, even in our playbook, you can then come back and you'll still probably find something later that day or as the day develops. Um, but no, I think all that information is really solid. When you started, was there anything that like, you struggled with specifically with your trading and now as you've grown have how have you overcome any of those initial struggles uh probably probably risk management which risk management is one of those things that you never start off practicing right no no you, you get a ten dollar you, you put ten dollars in, in an unregulated account and see how fast you can flip it like i think one commented on that today and honestly we're all, it's all going to happen and actually i, I was gonna you know, well you brought that up with uh with Lindsay. it's like you know usually it's the guys that say that you have to lose money and i kind of agree like for a guy it's like it, it's almost like a reality check it, it, losing your losing money humbles yourself yes so i feel like for those who are maybe not egoistic but for those that already knows like oh i can do this this is easy no it's not blow your account see what happens next uh and over over launch when you you know you're like okay i'm gonna start taking this seriously load it up with a thousand dollars and that account boom again two weeks it's gone so, okay, so risk, ma risk management was the struggle so now you said you're process oriented so i would assume then you're saying the way you fixed risk risk management what and what you're still doing is just implementing more processes so can you give us like some details on the processes that you're using to control your risk management yeah so when i see a trade coming i'm going to see what, what my risk is using the risk to reward calculator on um trading view and then i have uh it's called my fx book open where i'll use i use the position size calculator now that i'm using that account funding and you know account funding thing and i'm using mt4 now uh, I can't use a wander or trading anymore. I got to use this for to give me the lot size. And then because it's you know it's not always going to be exactly you know 30 pips, 25 pips, whatever, whatever it, whatever it says the lot should be, I kind of just dumb it down a little bit. Another thing that's also helped me is accountability. Um, and I don't think many people would admit this, but it's like you you kind of tend to lie to yourself. I think you've brought it up in in uh, you actually brought it up in the online seminar where you're like you know you i was like oh i'm just messing around you know it's no big deal it's just a dumb trade but no th like those are small paper cards that'll end up hurting your account and that's kind of why i started implementing my my, my twitter feed it's like mm -hmm. i don't care about the attention it's for me that's public account that's public journaling it makes sense uh, that's probably another another struggle that obviously what in the last week i started implementing it's because i do want to be a little bit more transparent and so i, I you know I, it prevents me from lying to myself because then I'd be lying to others publicly. And I, I respect that and I definitely understand that. You remember from when I was running the Twitter service back last year, two years ago, whatever it was, that's exactly what it, what it showed me is that it really holds you to a level of transparency. And, and I did do exactly what you said. I ran away from those small paper cuts. Oh, it's a dumb trade. I'm testing that out. Just testing it out. That was my justification. And without the accountability, it slowed my growth. So I feel like, yeah, absolutely. When you find people, even just a person to hold you accountable. Actually, what I was before we got on this call, I was talking, watching Gwendolyn's new spotlight testimonial video. And she was saying how it's important to not only find the accountability partner, but to make sure that partner trades something similar to you, trades in some way similar to you. She was like, you don't want to be 
partners if you're like a you know naked trader you don't want to be partners with some guy that's trading elliott wave with fibonacci's and all this stuff. like it, it won't mesh necessarily so you have to find the right accountability partner i think is key you know yeah absolutely you know and my you know one of mine is, is eric um yeah Pray without him, but you know eric uh onwards yeah. collective yeah eric jacobs and i mean every now and then you know i'll send him markers you know now he's a lot busier so i, I try not to plug him as much <laughs> uh but every now and then yeah i'll send him markers check in on see how he's doing and you know take has he been taking any trades um and i, I think that's kind of like the other half the, the other reason why i've implemented the twitter is because i can blow twitter up like i don't care i'll just you know tweet away and i don't want to do that to anybody <laughs> of course but it's good because you what I'm seeing really often is that with certain skills, not just trading, I, I had a conversation with somebody recently, I don't remember who, but it was they were saying how like they learn while they teach. And while you're teaching, while you're documenting, while you're journaling, like you just said, you're actually learning faster than you were if you were just sitting there in the live market. I like to look at it like it's like a double time. When I'm doing markups, it's double experience because I'm seeing more patterns, I'm seeing more charts. So off charts, what are you doing to sharpen the edge is there anything specific that you would recommend to somebody that maybe you've started doing recently that you didn't do before and it's made a big difference yeah well markups is a big one and for me for a while i got away with well, i got away from better said uh, writing up my trades it's okay. it's different than journaling it's actually going on trade you know however you do whether it's on paper on on trading view what i do is i'll actually write up everything that i see about the trade and, yeah. and as much detail as I can, and then I save it. That's my journal. But it's really easy to just take the trade, acknowledge it in your mind, and, and move on. So, you know that that was your trade, and it, it's not only easy to forget about the trade, especially if it's a loss, uh, but as well as to see what was good and what was bad about it, so you can fix it in the future. And sure. that is one of those things where I I've started implementing a lot more. Where you just I fully write it up, especially you know now that i'm i don't want to neglect the vip chat over twitter so i'll set up my markups in there too and obviously as a coach i need to be an example and put as much detail as i can into the markups uh, unless it's a um uh, if it's time sensitive like okay it's already broke the 50 minutes retesting let me send it over to them and then let me enter my trade first <laughs> Right. With your new thing that you've been doing with the videos on Instagram TV and the recap, have you found that like walking through it in a video format is different and brings different value than it does in the text format, like just the photo in the text? Or do you think it's basically the same thing? No, it's, it's definitely better on video. Uh, every now and then I'll talk about my trades on Instagram, right? Like, like mm -hmm. I did today, not necessarily like in the full on video like I did with um that I did last week, but I should probably start doing, that, start doing that a little bit more just because I think it can help help others. Uh, you know, sometimes people are just, they don't want to say that or they don't want to admit or they don't just don't recognize that they're not in a profitable system. Maybe right. that's the book that they need, but that also like, like you know, you've been getting at that helps, uh, that helps me reinforce my, uh, my ideas and my, my, my principles, my rules. Uh, so I feel like, the, yeah, that that's definitely something that that helps far more as a video and talking about it. You know, they say writing something down is like repeating it to yourself seven times. Right. Now, then so that was kind of done on, you know, electronically, you know, writing up your trades, but talking about it too and explaining it, convincing someone else can help convince yourself too.
exactly no that that was kind of where i was going with it so that that makes a lot of sense and i find a lot of value in doing my videos it's almost like i hold myself accountable of course like the group is looking for it and i know people are looking for it just like they're looking for yours and and, and the other leaders of the of the group but i feel like it's it's a selfish thing almost i've, I've trained my mind to look at it to be selfish at least like i need to get it done and even i have riley who holds me accountable every day get the markups done get the recap done get those things done because that's what does keep the edge sharp when you got into trading i wondered because i feel like a lot of people don't but i'm curious to ask you were you like looking for an edge or did you just get into trading and just start doing what i was doing like just throwing money in seeing if you could make it work kind of thing did you know that you needed a system yeah no that, that'd be the latter i was like uh... So I don't know what an edge was. And so I think right. I heard you talking about it. It's like, right. the hell's an edge? <laughs> right. But yeah. now that you've seen it, it, it's much, I feel like it's a much different approach to trading. It shows you the business versus the gamble basically. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause you bypass just support resistance and trend lines. When you, right. when you surpass that, you start to develop a system. You, you right. know what works and what doesn't. And right. that's and why. Go ahead. Yeah. Good. No, sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's why you know the ASFS uh, ASFX system works very well because you have you have the rules you have the process and you have that edge to know when a trade has has a higher probability of working and when it doesn't and not only that but you, you know we trade our we we grade our trades so right. we know how much risk to put on them or even if they're worth taking at all right that's when why you when you see a lot of these newer traders coming in and trying to find their edge within the asfx system like in our group chat they have the system they're taking the course they're getting it but they're trying to work in the hours kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning what would you recommend to them maybe somebody that's more of in, in, in more of a difference than you and i even what would you recommend to them as far as like really finding their edge within the bigger system i would say probably well when it comes to the time it's like yeah. find a, I mean, pick a side. Do you want to trade before or after work, rather than splitting it up? Because splitting it up can be it can be a big issue. Because then you're you're on that path where I was, and you're you know you, you sleep three and four hours separately. That's just for the long term, it's not going to work unless you already have a plan in mind, right? You already have maybe something else set up. Uh, but if you're just starting off and you're probably you know a year before you and that's if you're taking it seriously you know for others it can take a lot longer but if if, if you're all in pick a side you want to trade three or four hours before or after work or even up to five hours because what are you going to do when you when you get home after work you're going to sit down you're going to watch tv play video games whatever you know what i did is i just put that in the morning and then i would trade in the morning before going to work so it's you know like you said i think yesterday's like how, how bad do you want it you got to make the sacrifice pick one and just do it stick with it because in the end, it's, it is going to pay off if you're serious about it. For sure. It's a tough thing because in our position where we're now able to educate people on this stuff and bring somebody in that's never heard of it, you literally have to tell them, like, listen, I'm going to question you. How bad do you want it? Not so much you or me, but the market learning Forex itself, learning how to trade is going to question your character and literally ask you, how bad do you want it? Do you want to make those sacrifices that you and I and everybody else in our group is willing to make? or do you not and it's not for everybody like i've never been the guy to say that trading is for everybody you know what i mean because i don't think it is but once you made the decision that you were willing to make the commitment to it you were willing to trade before work and stick to those same hours is there anything else that you think a new trader should focus on in those specific hours and again we talked about already the fomo of like listen don't worry about it if they're talking when you're not there but anything else during those hours that really has helped you focus in or refine that edge i would say i mean 
that's that, that's a tough question to answer because you have to know yourself for sure. me i can't like my mind works my, my mind works quick which is why like you always see me fidgeting with something i have a pen or i have like a, a batman fidget spinner that right. you know that i'll just be spinning around and that's why I, i'll have a movie going on in the background because it kind of takes my attention it, it doesn't it's not that it takes my attention away but it, it allows me to be able to it's like a minor distraction yeah yeah it's like if i'm fully immersed in it i'm going to find something i'm going to find something to distract me so yep. if you work better and you know for a lot of people that's maybe having you know having earbuds on you know you, you have that music um yep. you have you know a little fidget or wh whatever you do and for me it's i just need to have something going on generally it's moving in the background that i'm listening to and then for me it's easier because i can i can ignore the movie and if if, if, if i'm fully immersed in a specific trade i sometimes i gotta rewatch movies because i don't know what just happened you know right but then at and, the same time it turns around and there's times where you're so focused on the movie you're letting a trade run longer than you normally would if you were sitting here clicking all the buttons ready to do a million things not feeding that part of you that you now are aware of that is like me where it's like we can do three things at once it's actually we want to be doing three things at once and if we're not we're going to just focus on one thing and probably screw it up you know so like you said i'm in the earbuds i'm doing youtube videos while i'm trading i'm editing a video to keep me off the chart and to be really focused on the idea of letting my trades develop to the extent that they should right exactly and i can't do that like i need to have something else going on and that's why i say it's a tough question to answer because others may not work that way um, others may need to be fully invested in what they're looking at what, what right. they're looking do at think, do you think that most people take the side like you and me where it's like let me see the trade and then i gotta kind of pull myself away otherwise i'll get out early i'll i'll, I'll panic i'll let my anxiety kick in or do you think there's a, you know where do you think most people sit absolutely no like on the on the part where they're they get too invested in the trade and they start second guessing themselves one did in yeah. the uh, VIP chat today was uh he was like you know he sees he sees divergence on the one minute you know against his trade pretty much like he said for you know for you know, it just happens over and over again and then it breaks i was right. like focus on the 15 minute you don't have to worry about that because obviously if it's kind of trend who cares until you know you start seeing significant you know, but you get back. caught up in the short-term stuff that's what you're saying you get caught up in the short term and you're not even looking at the bigger picture on any sense trading in trading time frames and everything you're caught in the in the short-term thinking and then that takes away i think the long-term value yeah and i think half of it you know to put it to real life was with gn today i hate that freaking trade i had to i had to keep bringing it up <laughs> okay it's a good but, example yeah no it's because what i say i was like all right this is either going to rip or it's going to close above the eight and i'm going to pull it and that never happened it pinned the 21 it would it pinned the eight for like two hours in a row and then i was like dude i'm freaking tired of this so i moved over to the one minute as soon as it broke the 200 i closed it for negative 50 pips and then whoop, right right back down i was like dude this is i, I was like I had, I had to get off of that um that that chart because you know it, it can it can it can bring it down but to the i mean to the point i probably could have saved myself even 10 pips had I been focused on the higher time frame and still with my plan. I, at that point, I was like, I, I just want to get back to break even so I can get down to this trade, you know, minimize the loss. Right. But I think focusing on the lower time frame is when, yeah, I, I was like, you know, this this could go higher, but you know, focusing on again, that's counter trend. Focusing on the trend, on the trade that you're in, probably could have kept me in the trade a little bit longer, not in the right way, but you know, to save myself a little bit of more money.
Definitely. And I also feel like there's a big thing you said in there too, which is sticking to your plan. Because I know your plan on a two candle formation like that, everybody in our chat listening will know what we're talking about, but all the other YouTube people won't understand. But on a two candle formation like that, exactly. (laughs) But on, on a two candle like that, you know, just as well as I do that if it's not moving in 30 minutes, there's something way wrong. That, that is not normal behavior. So you you were stuck into it, like you said, because you were short-term focused, not on the higher timeframes. But dude, that's something that it takes, you're already on step 17, where some people don't even get to step 10 of like the self-awareness and the self-analysis that it takes to see that. In the moment, you saw it, and now even in hindsight, to accept it and be aware of it. It's, it's like really swallowing your ego. And that was one thing I did want to kind of turn towards the end of our conversation to ask you about. And then you saw it come up in the chat today where I was telling everybody, if you're having a problem with your ego, where you you are really here to be right, not to make money, you need to you know take some drugs or do something else to get rid of that ego before you come back to throw money into the market. So have you had any issues with your inner ego and how have you overcome them if there has been any? I, I feel like I've never had a problem being e- egoistic where I have to prove myself right I, I don't know that's, awesome. that, that's something I haven't quite I, I would agree with you myself. yeah because like just being around you and being like trading with you almost every day now for the last year and a half I don't think you've like I said it before I don't think you're ever stuck in one frame of mind I don't think you're very swayed and I also don't think you're influenced either by other people and or being right or being wrong if I come in with yeah. an idea I'm like Ryan this should be this should not be here like like I said today on GN take some off you listened you were like all right I'm taking some off like I'm t-, you know what I mean so I, yeah. I I think that's a strong characteristic you have and, and there's a difference between being uh, uh crap you just said it but like uh there there's a fine line between being stuck on your not not stuck on your plan but you know sticking to your plan knowing sure. that you're you probably you're, you're right you're in the right probabilities but as well as knowing when to look for insight and that's when i think in that moment i had to switch from okay you know my, my stops there i took the position i'm gonna either go with it, it's gonna you know stop me out it, it's a fine balance between trusting the stop and and probably managing the trade even though you're in downtrend but at that point yeah you, you have to make that switch from uh from trying to let the trade play out to probably you know looking for that insight uh, to probably manage the trade better if if you're not doing it. That makes sense. I like that. Um, one thing that you did make me think of, and I know I wanted to ask you this as we're kind of coming towards the end, for everybody that's new and struggling that has been listening and t- hopefully taking some value out of our conversation, is there anything that we haven't said so far that you would give to Ryan two years ago as you got started in trading? Is there anything that you could give to a, a newer struggling trader to hopefully if they're listening to one thing and they take one thing from the video, this be it. Yeah, and that's the fact. And I see this. I see this so much in the VIP chat. It's that a, a trade doesn't have to be the trade. It doesn't have to be a banger. It doesn't have to be the trade of the day. For it, like, hold on, let me rephrase that. <laughs> so, just because a trade played out as you thought it would, doesn't mean it was a good trade. Mm. Perfect example. Huh? Explain that. Yeah. That's a good so, uh, you know, you can have a C set. You can have something that where the RSI didn't pull through. Whatever the case is, I think it was. Well, usually it wasn't that bad. But for example, was maybe like okay, Euro uh, GBP cat, right? Where mm-hmm. it, it it broke the 200. You know, it's short term 
biases were, were you know, were for longs if you look at the, the RSI uh, or the TDI, but the trade ended up working out. It, just because it worked out and it gives you four and a half bar doesn't mean it was a good trade. So just because the trade works out doesn't mean, it, doesn't mean that it was a trade of the day, doesn't mean it was a good trade, it was a good setup. A right. trade can be a good setup. It could be a, you know, a, a B and A setup. Sometimes they just don't work out like Euro AUD where honestly, I think it was a pretty good setup and it just didn't work out compared to I the one it. that wasn't a good setup and it ended up working out. I've had tons, tons of trades like that where you get a B setup or an, even an A setup and it doesn't work on the first try and then you got to go at it later that day or the next day even, and that's where you can make your money. So I think that even goes back to what we said already about being right versus trying to make money you know what i mean you got to yeah. swallow it and sometimes take it and be like yeah trading is a game where i'm going to lose it it happens right but if we can mitigate those losses keep them small and not let them impact our decisions going forward then i think you stay level-headed and you made a really really good point to, and the only thing i would add to it is that if you have a system and if you have rules from the jump as a newer struggling trader you'll kind of i think have just a if this is the learning curve of a trader without a system, your learning curve is just a little bit more flat. It's a lot less intense of an up and a down once you yeah. learn to implement those rules. Because like Brian said already as, through this conversation, risk management is something that takes a while to understand. No matter what, we can give you everything that we know. It still takes a while to learn how to implement it and understand it and again, swallow that ego to take it. So there's other pieces to it that I think you develop over time, but with the system and with the approach to like you're saying, not every trade and not every winning trade is a good trade. Being in that mindset, I think, builds you into a long-term place. And the only other thing I wanted to mention on that was I've seen a lot of traders take trades and they aren't great entries to our system. Like the RSI you said won't be there and it still works and they make money. That reinforces bad habits, in my opinion, over the long-term. And then where that comes to bite you is as your account grows, you plateau instead of continue to rise because you're still getting churned by these kind of okay trade sometimes because they work sometimes but they're not really on edge so it's like you have to learn how to cut those out and really i think avoid trading them in entirely until they're on your edge so yeah i think all of that kind of plays into it you know uh, uh, absolutely and because that just like you said it, it reinforces that bad behavior where you can see something where okay the r side is the r side isn't through but maybe, maybe the next candle it will and then you just right. see it just, whoop, right in the opposite direction I was like, dude, it's like exactly. you, you had it coming. It's like exactly. It's just that's the thing is, like, uh, remember that meme with Shia LaBeouf? Just do it. Like, yeah. dude, stick to your plan, stick to the rules, because you're gonna minimize the chances of getting getting burned. And yeah, you're gonna your capital a bit more. I love it, bro. I feel like we covered a lot here. I think it's gonna definitely be valuable for everybody. So for everyone that's still listening, Ryan, where can they get in touch with you? Where can they connect with you online? Yeah, so pretty much everything online for me is emo metal skater. It's and uh, last you know skater. It's S K A R emo metal. And skater. I'll make sure I'll make sure that I link it down below so everybody can check it out. And are you going to be making YouTube videos soon or what? Like, are we going to see a YouTube channel from you? Then YouTube, uh, maybe. Come on, uh, dude. Hey, with the once the photos come and you have these bro. lenses, bro, I know videos are coming too. <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder. I don't. I don't want to steal the spotlight. <laughs> I know, bro. I want you to take it, please. Take the spotlight. Take the Dude, because your photos are beautiful, so I would, and even the video you made, the way you edit it, the way you have the lighting, you're better at it than me. So I would be really, I think everybody would be excited to see you make some videos. So hopefully, if everybody's listening on YouTube, comment down below if you think Ryan should make his own YouTube channel and start pumping out more videos. Dude, everything, the cars, the trading, it's cool to see. It's you. We want to yeah. see it.
hey, if the comments say it, you know, shoot, I'll do it. Yellow. There, dude. Your Instagram video from the, that you posted the other day had a shit ton of comments. I was like, dude, this is a sign, bro. People want this from you, so we'll keep it yeah, coming. I, and then I if anybody. Yeah. And if anybody listening, if you have any questions for Ryan about his journey or about trading in general for him, just put those in the comments as well. And we'll make sure we pass it on. But Ryan, thank you again, bro. I appreciate the time and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do another one soon. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Austin. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to today's money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much and I'll see you in the next episode.